0: Hi, this is Matt Kemple, co
1: owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival.
0: It seems you guys really like that last set. Let's see if we can keep the
1: applause going and get the guys and their guests to give us a part two to the interview. I think they're coming
0: out. Here they are. Show them your love, people. It's season six of the Bait and Switch podcast.
1: And we're back we're at the Switch Podcast here we are. for part two of our interview.
2: Here we are, part two with The Weary World, the band uh, that our friend Scott Saveco is in. And this is, uh, I'm going to try and do it without looking at the notes. All right. Scott Saveco is here,
1: songwriter, singer, Player. rhythm guitar. Yep.
2: Scott Moore on bass guitar. Larry mm-hmm. Barker plays uh, lead guitar mm-hmm. and vocals. Mm-hmm. Bill Walburn is on drums and uh, keyboards. And also uh, some songwriting thrown in That's there. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, it sounds like, really, maybe Scott came up with a lot of the ideas for the first album, but mm-hmm. you guys all collaborated mm-hmm. after that. Yeah,
3: well, the this, this second album, yeah. really, was was songs that Larry had. Okay. And some of, you know, okay. He, oh, he okay. had written some stuff before he, he was with us, and that we liked it. And Was uh, yeah. that so Larry, the title
1: of the album, songs that Larry had? Well, it was uh, I think the it was middle just, of man. the night. Really. <laughs> <laughs> the of <laughs> Scott, <laughs> we were talking about this earlier, Scott Saveco. Yeah. It's a tough name. Yeah. Spelled C-V-E-C. C-V-E. C-K-O and we, C-K-O. Uh, I asked him if it was of Slovakian origin or Czechoslovakian origin mm-hmm. and he confirmed that I just got back
2: from Slovakia yes you did yep. I was in Slovakia That's here for true. 10 days
1: visiting my girlfriend's uh, village that she grew up in right and um, how did they go Went, well, we'll talk yeah. off here. We
2: don't have to
0: talk. Well, maybe the people want
2: to know. That's the problem. I ask you questions I think they're going to come up with. That's well, how was it? How
0: this was this trip? What, what village? What Everyone village was it? Bulbrof. It's called Bulbrov.
1: It's called Bulbrov. But oh, as okay. we were talking yeah. about, Saveco, it's a tough name to say if you don't know what you're saying. Yeah. And that language is very difficult. She overestimates my ability to learn this language. Each, each word is like a Chinese character, you know, full of yeah. all sorts of consonants right. that don't go together, at and least numbers, in our language. Like in mm-hmm. Russian,
2: there's numbers in there yeah. and stuff?
1: Yeah. I have a feeling that when this language developed, there was a scarcity of vowels. And ah. they're like, grab that E. No, were, don't grab the E. Yeah, you know, we'd save that e. for later.
2: Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe they weren't invented yet. It's possible, I mean, yeah. Because
1: yeah. there's a lot of like s m z r. A-K-L-V, and you're like, how do I start with this word? Well, there's umlauts and explanation,
3: explanation ah, points, yeah, all, good, all kinds of German punctuation marks too. into the game. Right, right, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> like
4: uh, a bad Scrabble game. Yeah, every word in Slovak word. would be like oh, a 50-point yes word.
1: So, now, Scott got involved with uh, the band as part of what's called Guitars for Vets, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And mm-hmm. we got a couple vets here in addition to Jim. Larry's a vet. As is Scott. Yep. And you got involved with uh, the program, and I'm assuming that this program was developed to ha- help veterans deal with PTSD, maybe, or, yep. or stresses from, uh, from their military service. How does that... Program works, Scott.
3: Well, so how Guitars for Vets operates is they're a nonprofit organization, and it uh, started all started here in Milwaukee, and they have chapters all over the United States. And uh, you uh, enlist as you are accepted as a student into the program, and you get ten free lessons. At the end of ten lessons, uh, you get a free acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. and after that, if you continue on, you usually do it as group lessons, but there's all sorts of options there. You can have a one-on-one with an instructor. There is virtual lessons and all sorts of options for you, but they taught me how to play, and then after that I started to take the group lessons, and me and my instructor, uh, Tom Knuth, who unfortunately passed away recently, uh, a lot of opportunities were given to me to play at various events, and uh, at the same you know, time, you know, a little bit later, uh, we had formed a band. And so we had uh, come with the opportunities represented to us as the weary world. And we uh, played such events as uh, the Brady Street uh, Festival. We got to play there. Um, we played at Linneman's a couple other places. Now, that one wasn't so much in support of Guitars for Vets, but Brady Street supported Dry Hooch, a different veteran-friendly organization that helps veterans hang out. But uh, I have been since very committed to the uh, Guitars for Vets organization. In fact, uh, my affiliation with me I certainly wanted my band to play at the Guitars for Vets whammy stage at Summerfest. And, you know, they were happy to have us. And uh, so it leads to a lot of cool opportunities. The program is wonderful for veterans, though. Again, we are a nonprofit. We all depend on donations and other things to keep us going. And we had a presence at Summerfest. So if you saw the our stage there, next to it was our tent, and we were raising awareness, selling t-shirts and other merchandise and things like that. So it'll only grow next year. So I hope that uh, certainly we're going to, I'm going to, we want to be a presence there next year. With my band, my son's, Kyle, his band, Screaming in the Cul-de-Sac got to play. So, you know, you can usually use your pull and use your resources as a Guitars for Vets graduate and supporter
1: that I am, that, you know, they give you opportunities to play. Larry, now you were in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh what when did you finish up your service what decade did
4: you finish up your service um uh, that was in 1970 so uh, what
1: programs did they have for people when you retired from the military like this
4: did they have anything like this going on back then no no it uh and and it was during the Vietnam era so so basically a lot of a lot of vietnam vets came back to uh Scowling faces, you know.
1: Were you, in, Viet- not, Were you in Vietnam?
4: Uh, I wasn't actually in Vietnam, but okay. uh, this was during that time. Since uh, I finished with uh, the service, uh, I ran into a lot of people, that, a lot of homeless vets, a lot of a lot of vets that uh, that got into drugs and lost their lives trying to live in peace, coming back here and and. Uh, and really being rejected by, by a lot of a lot of society here because of, because the war was so unpopular. Before I went in, I was part of protests and stuff on the east side of Milwaukee, and it was a hard time for vets. It really was. So, so when I heard about guitars for vets, I thought, man, this is the coolest thing. This, I got to do something. I'll just donate guitars so that somebody. You know, less fortunate than I is able to uh, pick up on guitar and start writing some songs about their experiences. And it's a wonderful thing that that music can do to, uh, to take you out of that nightmare. Being able to express it, it's an awesome thing.
2: Yeah, I can imagine it's very therapeutic. Scott, what are you doing to... You mentioned obviously you got a presence at Summerfest. Mm-hmm. What else are you guys doing to advertise? Because to be honest, until we talked to you about this a couple of years ago, I've never heard of it.
3: So, Guitars for Vets, you know, that's really how you raise awareness, is to be have a presence at various events. We were at Gathering uh, on the Green recently. Uh, Jefferson Starship and Wilson were available for that, and we had a tent there. Uh, we, you know, the Summerfest presence. Uh, we were at Waukesha County Fair. Now, I didn't play, but The Guitar for Vets does have a stage for the first Thursday of Waukesha County Fair, and I think next year it's even going to be bigger. We're going to probably get the whole day there. I don't know that yet. But we have a website, uh, guitarsforvets.org, that people can uh, check it out and see what we're all about. But we have fundraisers all over the place. Uh, I I I go to as many as I can, but... uh, Again, you know, it was all founded here in Milwaukee. That's one of the most interesting things about Guitars for Vets is that even though it's a nation nationwide uh, project, uh, it was founded here in Milwaukee. The founder, Patrick Netesheim, uh, had a student named Dan Van Buskirk who was in the uh, Marine Corps during Vietnam and came back with a lot of PTSD. And they were a student teacher. Patrick taught up at Cream City Music and... Uh, Dan Van Buskirk was like, well, this is an amazing thing. How can we make this kind of therapy available to everyone, all, all sorts of vets? And I think the two of them put their heads together and formed Guitars for Vets. And cool. I heard about it, and it's been a wonderful experience for me to be part of it. And, you know, the band has certainly got together because of my, you know, the foundation that they laid for me as a guitar player.
2: Sure. Have you guys talked to the military? I mean, have you gone to I mean, recruiter offices and that kind of thing, just to, like, hey, when somebody's discharged, you know, whatever paperwork you're going to give them, put our pamphlet in there.
3: Yeah, I don't know if we went to really recruiters. Yeah. You know, I don't really handle recruiters the Recruiters are different. The business, but it's, I, I you know what you're saying. End so, end yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people go... I work at the VA Medical Center, and Mm -hmm. there's a a DOM there, a domiciliary. People go to sort of recover and get back on their feet, and the program has a presence there. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of our, several of our instructors teach out of the DOM there. Okay. So it is put to veterans. It's aware. It's hard to get national recognition. You know that costs yes. a lot of money to do commercials and other things right. of that nature. But yeah, that's so. that's
2: what I mean. Like, if this is a, if this is a great thing, obviously for mm-hmm. veterans, you would think that anybody coming out, anybody who's being discharged, especially if they were over in the Middle East or somewhere mm-hmm. they saw combat, you think the government would be on that like glue, right? Like, get these guys yeah. to these programs because. Not only do they need it, but also, like, it doesn't cost the government anything,
3: right? Well, that's a weird thing. You know, I work at the VA, and the VA is here for the veterans. That's their job. Yep. Uh, Now, you know, what I say in my pitch when I'm on stage or talking about, I always say, you know, the VA is covered by your taxpayer dollars, whereas programs like this are not. You know, we do not depend on any taxpayer dollar (laughs) to support us. Now, we are on, you know... Um, CFC other charitable organizations we are a non-profit people want to give donations to the American Way or CFC campaign where the federal employees give you know we're an option there to to have your payroll deduction for your charitable organizations but we're competing with so many other there's so many other veteran friendly organizations out there we're one of many you know. sure playing yeah. guitar is one Thing that can be useful to our vets, but there's other ones acting and other such things. So mm-hmm. we don't get a lot of support from, you know, VA institutions. You mm-hmm. know, they they are certainly friendly to us. Sure, but right. you know, raising awareness, they do some of that, and mm-hmm. they, a lot of the counselors there are aware of guitars for vets and lead vets to the organization. But that's you know, a lot of times we were at we're at Summerfest and other you know high-profile venues like that, that's what we're trying to get in people's head and explain what is what we do and get students enrolled in the program.
1: Sure. Yeah, Larry, uh, Larry um, getting back to this whole idea of, of therapy, you oftentimes hear when it comes to organizations, they say they don't do enough for X. Is the VA doing enough for our veterans? And uh, what other programs are there? You know, he mentioned acting, maybe some other types of programs. Do you think the VA is getting more on the ball helping our veterans, or is there still a, a big chasm in what's needed?
4: Well, I I think that um, the VA um, hospital in, in uh, Milwaukee is one of the best. Uh, you know, I really do think that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, um, things that are available for veterans here. There isn't always the connection between what's available and what a, a specific vet uh, is is able to get.
1: Obviously, like I said, serious problem, with the homelessness that mm-hmm. we see is so rampant. A lot of those people are vets. Mm-hmm. You hear about the suicide rate is quite high among mm-hmm. you know, among uh, former vets. Mm-hmm. I remember one guy I talked to that was a vet, and he kind of said something that I heard before, but I didn't really think about it as much, which is for him, his depression was not so much based upon the horrors of war that he was involved in, he was in Afghanistan or Iraq, I'm not sure which, uh, but that he left that band of brothers. You know, they became such a unit, and when he became injured and was no longer able to, uh, to participate and had to you know, retire from the military, that he felt he'd left his former soldiers down, and he, he missed being with those people. He missed being back in, you know, in service. Any of our three soldiers here, Jim included, did anybody miss being in the military? When I got back from Afghanistan,
3: you know, you have to kind of reconnect with your family. I don't know if I can say that I missed it, you know, I was, and I re- retired two years later. But now, not to say I miss it, but I have no regret. That might be a better way to say it for mm-hmm. me. I loved my years that I served in the military, some of the best years of my life. And when I got out, I was comfortable with my decision to retire, so I have no regrets. But I don't necessarily miss it. Jim, and I,
1: you weren't wartime.
2: Yes and no. I, I was, but I wasn't in any war. So I wasn't during Desert Shield, right. Desert Storm. But I was young, and then they sent me to Germany, and I was mad about that because they they're taking all, taking me away from all my friends, everything. Obviously, you get a little older, you get some perspective, and like. What an idiot! But, but I did enjoy my time over there, and I did it. I but, remind you all the time. All the time, you're an idiot. idiot. But remind you, <laughs> yeah. So it's good. Mean, that's you what friends are keep, for. Keep yeah. me humble. That's yeah. good. At the time, I, you know, I was in Germany. I came over here. I was, at, I was in Tampa. I had like the best assignments you could think of, probably. And I was like, I got to get out of here. I, I can't. I can't stand this. I'm washing jets. I'm doing this. I'm doing whatever. Like, this is terrible. I was low man on the totem pole, so I was getting all the garbage assignments. So I got out after like four years, you know. Yeah. And then after I got out, like a few years passed, and like I, I definitely, what I miss is being around the planes, and and the people. too. some of the people, but. More so Um, the
1: planes. More so
2: the planes, yeah. Just just being around, you know, like on the flight line, and and it's just a cool environment. Go on Facebook,
1: see if you can friend those old jets. The planes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: I look for them sometimes.
1: Larry, how about you? Now, again, you came out of it during the Vietnam era. Now, of Mm -hmm. course, like you said, a lot of people came back to scowling faces. Mm -hmm. You weren't in Vietnam yourself, but you were a vet. Some people probably assumed you were. Yeah. Uh, Did you get grief for your time in the military?
4: Not really. That time in the military was kind of like a pause to my to what I really wanted to do which was be a rock star I was a war protester and I kind of went back to that same world that and trying to be a rock star yeah
1: now I think we I think we talked about this in some semi-recent podcast or maybe not maybe it was just off my talk with Dave Williams our guest from before Yep us non-military people we got three military people here we got three non-military right, people
2: right i think we could take them <laughs> Scott, I think can take these.
1: so anyway our three non-military people myself included i'll say this i knew from an early stage that i didn't want to go in the military did you
5: guys ever consider being a soldier bill i considered it but you know at the, at the time it was they had just redone, at the time when we were going to be going off to college, they had just redid the GI Bill, you know, and it made it more attractive, and there were some options there in terms of kind of defraying college costs, but but then I realized I already kind of had a set plan in terms of what I was focused on, and, and I didn't. it seemed like it was just going to be a detour in terms of where my goals were, um, but I did consider it. Well, you, you
1: referred to the other bandmate, man, bandmate that was not in the military, and when they play on stage, I understand when they start at the end of their set, people say more, more. They're not talking about songs; they're talking about our, <laughs> Scott, they're talking about Scott, the bassist. More, right? <laughs> did you ever think about the military?
6: A lot of history of military in the family. My my father, as I mentioned, he was in the navy. Uh, His uncle Bud was uh, in the Navy participating in D-Day. My grandmother lost two of her three brothers in the South Pacific. They were in the Philippines. They were in the Bataan Death March. Uh, I've seen their names in books that I've read. So we do have a, a history, but I was never specifically encouraged or discouraged from the military. But I had role models that sort of set me on the path of wanting to go to college However, when the war in the Middle Middle East did start, I, I did tell my father and and uh, my girlfriend, who's my wife now, that you know, if if it comes to it, I will go over there.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go into you know I'm the looking, military. No, yeah, I'm not. Oh, tempted. Oh. <laughs> to <Here> go. <laughs> I'm tempted to go into current events. Here we're talking military. We're talking war. Yeah. Talk just a couple minutes here about okay.
4: Ukraine. Who here is for? Funding this war in Ukraine. It's something like ten billion dollars gone over there at this time. You know? yeah. But it's it's very sketchy because you know, it's almost like we're fighting Putin. And when it comes down to it, it's like, well, we don't want to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But yeah. what, what I'll
5: say though is I mean, there there's a lot at stake and it's more than just simply the Ukraine, right? You know, at what point would Russia then see opportunity to continue to press in Public to polling. other countries, yeah. right? Yeah. At what point yeah. is China watching this and thinking about the world's reaction and whether or not this is an opportunity then to reconsider Taiwan, right? Yeah. Agreed. We went through that time in the
1: the 80s or early 90s, or from, from Vietnam till, till the early 90s, where there wasn't war, right? We talked about, about how a lot of the people, when they joined the military back of people our ages, they thought, ah, oh, you know, I'm not going to be involved in a war because we yeah. haven't been involved in a war. Well, it's since cold. It's Yeah, a Cold War. Since about 91, there's been wars going on all the time.
5: Yeah. Mm. So there's that period after World War II where you have the generations, right, that lived through it, experienced it, and they talk about how, like, how many generations and how many years do you go? before you get to another generation where they hadn't experienced it. And so suddenly, you know, you're, as human nature, we're going to fall victim to history repeating itself.
1: right? Well, I, I think the biggest mistake was when they named it World War One because that's a begging for a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Why
4: do that? I would, Some would say that the
5: Treaty of Versailles was, was, was definitely like an invitation for a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad grew up in the era of you
1: know, World War II and and back in the days when the History Channel... Was actually history. Now it's all reality shows yeah, and things right, like that. Right, but they're cool. Ones. But, but anyway, they have that the, the H show thing that we always <laughs> call yeah. the Hitler Channel because yeah. it was Hitler <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it was Hitler. It was yeah. Hitler like 24/7 in yeah. my house growing up. We got new footage of Hitler. I'm like, where did it <laughs> game <Where'd> it <laughs> It's like the Beatles. Yeah, they keep finding old recordings. You Do know, we need the greatest one? hits album from Hitler? No, <laughs> he's, he's a jerk. I don't know <laughs> how I mean, you feel about him. But I'm, I'm not a big fan. Uh, yeah. So,
2: <laughs> Jim sometimes she a little apologist.
1: So, anyway, <laughs> we would like to thank, I'll let you uh, thank
2: them. Thank you, Scott. All Scott, right. Larry, Bill, we appreciate you guys Holy being God here. Come on, the Weary World, Scott Saveco, Scott Moore, Larry Barker, Bill Walbrin, we appreciate you guys all being here with us today. The Weary World, look them up on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, YouTube, they're everywhere, they're everywhere. Go see them if you're Are retail. you on YouTube? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Okay. Didn't you?
0: Where were you? <laughs> the,
6: the music. The we're music there. is there, yeah. but but it's more of a static image of the album cover. Because uh, we do thing. have two original albums. So Shines, mm-hmm. Clever Title, yeah. and Middle of the Night was the
2: second one. Are you guys playing out anywhere anytime soon?
5: We have some things that we're planning. So mm-hmm. if you if you go to uh, thewearyworld.com, mm-hmm. and that will post any of our next... Uh, our next event, so there there'll go. be something coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Plus, see.
6: look for your Guitars for Vets events in your own yes. locality. There's Guitars a There's M-O-R. a
5: Facebook page
1: for the Guitars for Vets Milwaukee okay. chapter as well. And okay. uh, like I said, we'll play this out with another song that they'll pick here after we're done. All and right. So, thank thanks you. for having thank us. You. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.
2: Join us next time on the Maiden Switch podcast for our annual preview of the tour of Spain. But first. Here's our friends The Weary World and their song, Permanent Attraction.
0: To the end of another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.